and WCW didn't market the mask the correct way, I knew Vince was gonna do it. Welcome back to another edition of Out of Character with Ryan Satin. I could not be more excited about this episode. I'm not even going to waste any of your guys' time with this whole long intro because I want to get to talking to my guest at this time. He's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. He's one half of the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, WWE legend, Rey Mysterio. Rey, thank you so much for giving me the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. Uh, I'm honored to be on your show, and, and I can't wait for this beautiful conversation to kick off we have a lot to talk about we do have a lot to talk about and i and and i've got you know obviously you just won the smackdown tag team titles so i want to talk about all of that as well but i do there it is what a beautiful looking belt you like the way it looks i love the way it looks <laughs> i saw xavier woods uh talking on twitter about how he wants to change the look of that belt and i was like i don't know i, I still kind of dig the way that belt looks for, for me i personally it's heavier than just uh, the other, the other, it, it's pretty heavy. I love the Velcro on the back. It's not old school with the button snap on, you know, cause you can play around with it more. But overall, the only thing I would add to them is to be able to put your, your name on the title because it doesn't have that little plaque where you can add your name to it. That's what Wood said too. He said, I at least give us side plates on the titles. Uh, I wanna get into this thing talking to you about Dominic, like I said, and winning the tag team titles and all of that. But first I wanna ask you this. Uh, it's something that I start all these interviews off with. And I wanna know how much of your real true self is there in the character of Rey Mysterio? I think there's a lot. Um, I usually carry myself uh, in a very friendly way. I'm very open, I, I, I like to, meet up with my fans. You know what? I take that back. There is a bit of a separation. But the person without the mask, Oscar, is very much to himself. He's not that outgoing and he's very laid back and chill. Ray Mysterio, when that mask comes on, I like to approach my fans. I like to hear what they have to say, ask questions or uh, sign autographs, take pictures. So I think I'm a little bit looser with the mask on. Do you think since you're kind of to yourself without the mask that it helps you get over that to a certain degree that it's almost like a superhero kind of becoming their superhero self? It, in a way, yeah, it, it does uh, give me that comfort to kind of be more open. Um, although when I take the mask off, my wife always wants to go to dinner. I'm like, eh, I'm chill tonight. So she gets mad because I'm not that outgoing like I am with the mask on. So maybe I'm a superhero 24 seven. <laughs> now, since your character is, you know, does have, you know, similarities to your personal life and how you are, uh, you know, away from the ring, as a father, were you hesitant at all when it came to Dominic joining the business? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. And I think that was because he asked to be a part of this profession at a very late stage. I mean, I think it, he was 19 years old, but uh, the fact that he wanted to break in. And it, it hit me like out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. He sat us down. He's like, mom, dad, I, I want to talk to you guys. I want to see if I can uh, break in the business. I was like, whoa. So, you know, normally, or I guess because it happened to me, I grew up around this sport. And at the age of four or five years old, I was already bumping and, and jumping in the ring. So uh, the fact that he started late 
I just never thought it, that they would come. So I was ecstatic. I was really pumped when he said, I want to break in and see if I have what it takes. What did you think that he was going to do for a profession if you didn't think he was going to be a wrestler? So uh, shortly before that, I sat down with him. I said, son, uh, call it now. You know, what's your goal? What do you want to do? Because um, I really didn't see him that interested in school. Uh, he was never that type of kid. I think shortly after I sat him down and I asked him because he was playing football throughout his high school career or high school days, going into college, hoping he would play as well. But I think he saw that there was very little opportunity to play football. And because he hadn't gotten the grades that he needed to, to be where he wanted to be, um, he took another route, which was, you know, wrestling. Well, I mean, I know that you said you started at a young age. And I know you, it's obviously it's well known that you had your family that that helped train you at a very young age how important was it for you to make sure that dominic had the right people guiding him from the start of his career very important that's very essential uh, like you said with me growing up my uncle was right there with me uh he ran the class at times and other times you know there was a our our wrestling coach that uh, put us through the grind but for him I had to make sure that he had uh, people around him to guide him and to help him solve. Um, and I, I, you know, I couldn't have done, uh, I couldn't have picked better uh, coaches or uh, teachers for him. Um, Lance Armstrong, Jay Lethal, uh, Conan, myself, um, Damien, who's a wrestler from Tijuana, you know, and, and everybody's kind of, a piece of uh has given him a piece of advice um to for his growth that that's been amazing and i'm very thankful for all these guys that have had uh um a word of advice for myself i think that's notable too because i think a lot of people don't know that dominic didn't just get thrown into it right away like some people thought when he was showing up on wwe tv with you he was training for years before doing that right yeah, he was already uh, a little bit over two years of training. And honestly, we, were, we didn't think that he was ready. Like, we still, we had this plan where, okay, you finished with Lance. Now let's try to get you in the performance center and do some training there, you know, and then pick up all the fundamentals you need to be part of WWE. With the storyline that we had with Seth and uh, my family, everything just kind of evolved so quickly. And he was given the opportunity to, to debut on, on SummerSlam. I personally didn't think he was ready. Um, so I, I made, I, I let him make his choice. You know, I said, Dom, this is what, this is what wants to happen, what they want to happen. Are you good? Or do you want to say no? He's like, nah, dad, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'll do it. So I was like, whoa. So you can only imagine the level of nerves and stress that I had during that time. Do you think that you were probably more nervous during those matches that you weren't even in than you have been for some of your biggest matches in your career? 1,000% without a doubt. I still, to this day, it's nerve wracking for me to, to hit the ring, you know, and it's, it's what happens before I walk out that curtain, that uh, adrenaline, that emotion of making sure that everything comes out crisp and clean, that I impress my fans, that I impress uh, 
the company and everything that I do has to come out to a T. I have OCD, so I want everything to just be perfect. Um, now on top of that, now I had double stress because now, now I'm, I'm not only worried about me, but now making sure that my son does well. So it was a lot of uh, weight that I was carrying on my back. Oh man, the backlash match then must have been even more pressure when you were starting that, knowing the, what you know what was going to happen. I mean, that had to have been that had to have been crazy for you just to be in the middle of that, knowing that 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 was going to happen, and you were going to get to be in the ring for that moment with your son. Yeah, very crazy. I actually told my son afterwards, and I've told my wife and my daughter. I said the energy that I felt that day and throughout that whole match. Like God's presence was with me at all times. Eddie was there with me at all times. It was just, uh, I felt like I was 21 years old again. And, uh, you know, just, I just had so much emotion, uh, positive emotion that was running through my mind, through my blood that uh, I just couldn't wait for the finale of that match to happen. Man, that's got to be so cool. I can't, I, I can't even imagine the, the feeling that you must have gone through with that. I mean, the fact that you're the first father-son tag team champions in WWE, that's just like such a cool thing that you and your son now have together. That's, I mean, no one can take that away from you guys. No, what a true blessing for, for the opportunity uh, on behalf of WWE, uh, Vince Kennedy McMahon for believing in us and, and letting us run with it, you know, because none of this would happen first and foremost without God. But then of course, you have to, you have to earn that respect and earn a, a spot to be able to be put in that, uh, in that role. And I think my son has done it on his own without his father, you know, from day one in SummerSlam. And now uh, to be able to share these moments and say that this is going down in history, it will be talked about for the rest of life when they talk about wrestling, the first ever. So. Uh, really, really cool to, to have my stamp or our, our stamp, the Mysterio stamp on wrestling history. That's got to be cool to say our stamp, right? Yeah, yeah, our stamp, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was going singular there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, or did, did uh, you know, Vince obviously has had his son do crazy things in the ring. Did you talk to him about it at all when, like, confiding in him at all about, like, I don't know, I'm a little nervous for that SummerSlam match? You know what, we've, we've never really talked about uh, certain details uh, regarding to a certain event or after an event. What we do like to hear back is feedback and whether it's negative or positive, feedback is always the best thing that you can feed off of and improve, you know? And I do always ask, and Dom as well asks uh, Vince if we can get any feedback on what, what we need to improve what we did good and how we can make certain things better. And that's always, like I said, that's always a positive thing. So those are the, the subjects that I've touched with them, but never leading into something that uh, might make you feel scared. What about uh, your daughter? How did her getting involved in things come about? Did she come to you and say she wanted to do it as well? Or was this like a, an opportunity was presented and, sh and she took it? So this whole, whole storyline with Seth kind of just evolved organically. It was my son's debut, um, which, you know, uh, family is very big within us. You know, we're, we're unity, we're strong together and we have love and support. You know, that's how I was raised as a kid and that's how my wife raised our own kids. So the fact that they were gonna be 
watching Dom's debut kind of just, like I said, it all just, just happened all of a sudden. And uh, I think some of the best things that have ever happened in history have just happened on the spot, you know, and have evolved organically. So this was the case in the Mysterio family storyline. Um, and she enjoyed it. She enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, she did some acting and, uh, at a very young age, you know, eight years old. My wife drove her to L.A. for two years straight, you know, because she wanted to be a, an actress. She wanted to do um, um, cartoons and, and just do some uh, Disney shows. Uh, of course, two years after that, she kind of drifted away to do something else. But uh, she had a little bit of feel what it felt like to be in front of the cameras. Do you think that she got bit by the bug at all and she might come back one day or do anything else with WWE in the future? It's funny you say that. My wife just asked me yesterday. She goes, what would you say if your daughter all of a sudden just said, Dad, I want to break into business? I'd say I'd be the first trainer. You know, there's I, I can't say no. Um, but of course to continue with her medical field but right now she's going to college um to uh uh be in the medical field so i'm looking forward to that but I, again I, if she decided to to switch her mindset i would be right there to support her <laughs> that would be so cool if she became a wrestler too i, I would love that all right let's go back i want to go back a few decades to wcw when you first got your start there did you expect the cruiserweight division to become such a big part of the show? Not really. At the time, I was enjoying the moment. Uh, I had just come fresh out of Mexico. I did a little bit of ECW for about a year and a half. And uh, getting picked up by WCW kind of just opened up my, my spectrum. And, and I was like, wow, I'm part of a big company right now. I, keep in mind that I never thought that I would ever be able to be in uh, – WCW at the time or WWE, you know, there was uh, just no, it wasn't a gold mine. It kind of just evolved as it all happened. But being in, in uh, WCW and facing like the Dean Malenko's for the first time was, wow, this is like, this is on a whole different level. And I kind of just learned more about the business as days went on, you know, um, but I never imagined that that this division was going to take off and was going to be like the new eyes on, you know, for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I, when I was a kid, the cruiserweight division was like my favorite thing. And you guys were always so impressive and just the innovation that you guys would have in your matches. And, you know, I was a kid, so I wasn't watching uh, wrestling from Mexico or anything like that. Like this was my wrestling. And so, yeah, you guys always blew my mind. And that's why I feel like personally, you're one of my top five, all-time favorite wrestlers because the fact that you have managed to maintain the career that you've had for as long as you've had and just staying innovative and always having great matches it's just it's amazing to me that you've been able to do that thank you very much I, sometimes i try to put myself in the fans shoes uh, because i was a big fan of ww growing up you know uh mid 80s um so i'm trying to think well the the young generation that grew up watching WCW like yourself, flicking on the channels and all of a sudden you come to this channel where it's WCW and you're seeing guys almost your size, well in this case, me being smallest um, and with the mask and colorful outfits, like what is this? What catch your attention in a way? It's amazing to even put yourself in that mindset and to just try to realize just a bit 
what they were going through and how they got hooked onto this uh, cruiserweight division, which was dope. <laughs> it really was. And, you know, it, it, it stuck with me my whole life. I mean, like when we started the show, you commented on the logo and how it has a Lucha mask. 100% because I got hooked on Lucha wrestling watching the WCW cruiserweight division. You mentioned Dean Malenko, but who were some of your other favorite cruiserweights to wrestle during that era? So without a doubt, because we took that feud from Mexico, the ECW, then to WCW, Psychosis. Psychosis was like my first uh, week in Mexico. We say... Um, uh, we're married because we're, we're working as a couple every single time and we're having some of the great, greatest matches, you know, in my history at least. Um, so the height difference was, was perfect for me because I was able to pull out so many moves that uh, looked very close on to me hitting my head several times. And just because of the height differential, you know, it just looked so much better and impressive. So without a doubt, psychosis, um, to Guerrero, you know, I can't leave him out of the picture. Uh, we had a feud for quite some time and we hit it off, man. Second generation wrestlers, both of us. And then of course, you know, uh, uh work Jericho, uh, for the first time in WCW, uh, Eddie, um, you know, it just, it just kind of the spectrum for, for that division was so big and there was so much competition that, uh, anybody who they put against each other it was looking forward to a very, very good match and exciting. Well, do you have two, excuse me, do you have three top favorite matches in WCW that you could list? So uh, I definitely have to put Halloween Havoc 97, um, WrestleMania 22, and there's so many that I have, uh, but, but like that stick right at the top of my head every single time, uh, SummerSlam in 2002 against Kurt Angle. Great match, classic match. And I, I, I want to get to you moving to WWE, but I, want, I have a few more WCW-related questions here. What was your mindset when the company folded and you weren't one of those people who was going to be moving over? Like, how were you feeling about your career at that time? I was scared, like everybody else. Didn't know if we were going to get picked up. Didn't know what was going to happen. But at the time, I was still young. And I felt like, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, I had a very good run in WCW and I made good money. You know, I was young, I was living a dream and making money at the same time, you know, married. Uh, um, it was just such an exciting moment for wrestling. Um, and when that night happened, you hear, you heard the rumors prior to it that uh, WCW was gonna fold. And when it did happen, I was like, well, let's just see what happens. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get picked up by WWE because they've never been big onto smaller people, you know, or uh, my size, uh, my weight class. You know, I just, it, it didn't look like a, like there's a big possibility for me to join. So uh, sure enough, when that happened, it closed down. Kidman and I kept the WCW tag team uh, titles, which I still have in my wall. <laughs> that's my next question i was gonna ask <laughs> if you got to keep those title belts i swear to god <laughs> yes we did yes we did man i have it framed and it's in my office um i love that site <laughs> beautiful but uh you know what shortly that um i i spent almost a year um just doing my independent thing before uh before things started to to look bit well, I, 
one last topic on WCW. It's an important one to me. Uh, I, I find it important, at least. And that's your involvement with Master P and the No Limit Soldiers. Do you have any fun stories or notable memories from working with Master P during the, you know, the couple times he was there? Man, I'm, I'm horrible with, with uh, memorying uh, certain things. But overall, to be able to be part of that crew um, and to get that, that rub off uh, hip-hop, you know, uh, was incredible. We were doing that rap is crap, um, the filthy animals, Conan and myself. <laughs> and uh, overall, you know, like I said, we got a chance to, to just hang out and see what that hip hop life was all about. And uh, it wasn't too far from our life, <laughs> the rest of life. <laughs> yeah. In, in retrospect, though, the song rap is crap. It's kind of good, right? Did you like it? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, so eventually you signed with Debbie. What? I said that was a fun times. Yeah. yeah. I, I, what I love that time. That song is so funny to me. I'll never forget. It. I watched it while prepping for this, and I laughed. That the whole music video they do, everything so funny at that time. Mr. Perfect was the best. Awesome. Uh, so eventually you did sign with WWE, and in prepping for this interview, I read a bunch of articles that said something about how you had to get permission from a Lucha Council to get your mask back. Is that true? And if so, how does that work? Like to get permission to use it again. That. Yeah, that, that happened in Mexico. But prior to uh, WWE, I, had, I was in OBW training. This was almost a week prior to my debut. And uh, I guess they, uh, the office wanted to see my gear that I wanted to use for this match. And when I showed it to them, they were like, where's the mask? They had no mask. Um, I was like, well, remember I lost the mask. <laughs> Wrestling history, Lucha Libre, if you lose a mask, you never put it back on. That's how it goes. So they were like, no, no, no. Vince wants you to come back with the mask. I said, well, God, I'm glad you told me now because it would have sucked if you would have told me day of. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I had an outfit made uh, with the mask on. And um, that was history after that. You know, uh, I'm sure that, that uh, the mask was very important piece of, of my career in, in WWE and if WCW didn't market the mask the correct way I knew Vince was gonna do it well the mask is so iconic I'm it's it's the fact that they even took it away from you was dumb in my opinion so I was I was glad you got it back yeah but to answer your question that you said uh that I was um the Lucha Council thing or not, yeah the Lucha Council in Mexico when we went for the first time with WWE they didn't want to let me wrestle with the mask on because I had lost it already. So how, wait, how far we like, into your WWE career was that? Uh, it's maybe about a year and a half, two years almost. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, and WWE was going to go on tour, so I was like, really? I've been wrestling with it, you know, since I signed with WWE. They, the point was, they didn't care, but at the end of the night, you know, they were like, "Go ahead, man. It's cool. It's okay." So. Uh, you know, we pulled it off, and the rest is history. <laughs> That's crazy. So you just get a call like, whoa, bro, you're back in Mexico. You can't wear the Rey Mysterio mask? Yeah. It's like <laughs> trying to go into Mexico without a passport, right? Or back to the U.S. without a passport. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in talking about your mask, I, I, whenever I see you do interviews, I feel like you always have a different mask on. You're like very stylish dude you've got like gucci shirts you've got different fancy masks i feel like you have to have 
an insane closet. Do you have like a separate closet just for your masks? So I have everything right now. I have my regular gear and my outfits in, in one area. Uh, prior to the house that I'm in right now, I did have a, a separate closet just for my gear. But it really sucked every time that I wanted to pack, go in and out, in and out. My closet. So I said, let me just put everything together this time. And, uh, you know, I have everything in, in one big space, which I enjoy very much. And I do have a, a wide collection, man. A lot of outfits that are saved that mean a lot uh, to me because of what they've been through and the moments that I've shared with those outfits. But what I have in my is what I usually uh, usually wear on a week to week. So you've got like a closet of your current gear and then you have like the, all the other stuff kind of put away somewhere? Yeah, I have a closet inside the closet where I keep all my stuff. Dude, that's so Batman. That's like literally like Batman, you know, where Batman's got like his closet, but then he turns over and he's got like, you know, the belt thing and the whole outfit. I love that you basically, you are like a walking superhero. I know I said this at the beginning, but you have so many superhero vibes to me. I, I can't help but notice the similarities. Thank you, thank you, man. I mentioned that uh, where I have all like my WrestleMania outfits, I have this little button that I press, some doors slide open, then I can just walk in. <laughs> That's 100% what I picture. You push, the, you push a little Rey Mysterio logo, a little cross, you know, and the walls open up. You go down the pole to your Rey Mysterio yeah. cave. You know, that's 100% what I picture, 1,000%. Uh, right, how many... When you start, did you start watching wrestling? What was that? At what age did you start watching? I started watching when I was pretty young, but, like, religiously, I started watching in the Attitude Era. So, like, 97 is when I started, like, religiously watching. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, definitely Attitude Era Kid. I think it says it on my computer here somewhere, like Attitude Era Kid. That's definitely where I was raised for sure. How many, last thing I'm going to ask about the masks. If you had to estimate, how many masks do you think that you own of yours? Like how many in total do you think? Um, I'd say pretty close to the 500. Damn. And uh, not to mention the ones that I've given away. Damn. Which is probably another 150. So... Uh, <laughs> Now I've I've, uh, I've learned from my mistakes. What I do is, I used to before give masks that I would wear when they were, hey Ray, can I get a mask? Personal friend, you go, bro. Let me sign it for you. But after so many years of giving those away, then I would go to my outfits and, damn, why does this outfit not have a mask? And then I would run into another one. So it became an issue. It became an issue. So. What I did now is I, I had a bunch of masks made, which are the ones that I give away, which are still original, one of a kind, but they're not part of my gear. What's the two masks that you would never give away? So I still have the mask that I lost in WCW. Um, that one is very sacred, special. And I have uh, my WrestleMania outfit, that whole outfit, uh, WrestleMania 22, uh, that's framed. Um, that also means the world to me. That's so cool. Not to mention the Halloween Havoc 97 outfit as well. You still have that hole from head to toe, everything? Yes, that whole outfit. <sighs> that's got to be worth so much money one day. Like, that's got I know you're never going to get rid of it, but that's got to be worth so much money one day. It's crazy because I, well, I couldn't find it because I had moved from one place to another, and we actually just moved again, so I, I couldn't find it, and I, I was going crazy. And this is when uh, Escobar uh, wanted to do a tribute, and he wanted to use something, 
and asked me if I had that outfit still. So uh, going crazy trying to find it. And my mom overheard me one day. She goes, are you talking about that profile outfit? I said, yeah. Oh, you gave it to me so your dad can frame it. I have it. I was like, oh my God, get it, get it back, please. Give it back. So I got it back. Now it's in my possession. <laughs> uh, you brought him up. What do you think about Santos Escobar and some of the cruiserweights that WWE has right now? I love that dude, man. He's, he's awesome. He can go. Um, uh, great mic skills, you know, uh, very smart individual, um, awesome friend. And uh, the fact that he's been given an opportunity and is taking advantage of it, that's what it's all about. What do you think? Uh, do you think he'll have success on, on Raw or SmackDown if he gets brought up? Without a doubt. Yes, most definitely. You know, um, wrestling is in his blood. It's in his genes. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, you know, I'm good friends with his father. His father is awesome. And the fact that I was able to share the ring with his father and now, you know, possibly one day share the ring with his is a truly cool history. Uh, what about Angel Garza? What do you think about him? He's another one who's kind of killing it on Raw right now. He, he's awesome as well. You know, I've been a big fan of Garza for a long time. I actually had a chance to work him in the independent scene before we both uh, uh, became a part of WWE. And uh, he's just, he's organic, man. It, he's a spontaneous individual who can go. And another cat that's, you know, uh, I don't know if he's second or third gen, I think he's third generation, you know? So uh, it's just awesome to see like this new rise of what the LWO was back in WCW with all these new faces. Would you like to see a new LWO in WWE? I, I, I think it would be cool, but do you think that it would be too much of like a ripoff of an old thing? I, I don't think so because, you know, if you think about it, things that were cool back then are becoming cool, you know, once again. And uh, I, I truly believe that, that the LWO would be huge success nowadays, you know, uh, I um, don't know. It might happen. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, was there's your wife? There's, there's so much there's talent. There, there yes. really is. Yeah. I mean, you could easily make that faction again with with all the talent the WWE has right now with the Lucha House Party, Legato, Angel. Like, there's so much talent right now. Yeah, 100. percent And the, the talent that's yet to come. You know, uh, I can't wait to see the, these these uh, new faces. And, uh, hopefully take the chance to jump in and, and be part of WWE. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of jumping in and being part of WWE, back in the day, was your wife hesitant to do the dominant custody angle? Never. No? No, nah, she was very cool. No, no. And I, I think that's because uh, she knew Eddie very well. And Eddie, you know, was... Uh, he was a brother. He was part of the part of the family, you know, with us. Uh, anytime we were in San Diego, we would come and, and chill at the house. So uh, that kind of gave my wife that ease of confidence and, and knew that he was okay. But at the same time, she knows how passionate I am about the sport. And she's lived it with me. So um, at no time or point did she hesitate one bit, you know. And Dominic was enjoying it, too, because he was not going to school and enjoying time to travel and, and hang out with his, uh, his wrestling friends. 
What do you think Eddie would think about how Dominic has done so far in WWE? Uh, I don't think. I know he's very proud of me. He's very proud. And, and uh, this moment that happened, you know, he's he was, I always feel like there's a presence of Eddie in the ring with me. Uh, I was so energetic on Sunday. Um, and I did feel very incredible vibe. Um, without a doubt, you know, he's he's been by my side, you know, and, and he was smiling upon us and enjoying that moment next to us. No doubt in my mind. Well, then, on that same note, how important was it for you to represent for him when you won uh, the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania back in, back in the day? Incredible. I, I, I still say that if Eddie... If Eddie would still be here, you know, that moment probably wouldn't have happened for me, you know. So uh, that moment was owed to Eddie. I wanted to give him that moment, the fact that I was able to, to, uh, in the fans' eyes, live, you know, um, for, or for the fans to see me, um, see Eddie through me was, uh, was incredible. You know, uh, I was given a, a spot to be the, the last um, athlete to, to come out of uh, the Royal Rumble on top and then move on to, to win a world title. Never before uh, did I ever think that I would be in that spot at that point in my career. I mean, yeah, you said it. When you started in WCW, you didn't even know if moving to WWE was something that would even happen. So I'm sure winning the title yeah. had to have been such like a – just a crazy memory for you of just like, man, I can't believe I actually accomplished this. There was so many emotions. The fact that Eddie wasn't there, uh, seeing Vicky, Chavo, uh, you know, so, uh, and it happened shortly right after Eddie had passed, you know, five months. But uh, you kind of gather everything up together and, and you ask yourself, what would Eddie have done? And he would have loved that moment and so, Definitely that moment was dedicated to Eddie. And I enjoyed the run that you had after winning the title as well. What are some of, what are some of your favorite memories as champion during that time? Uh, it was a very short time, but the fact that I would, that I had just become world champion and that I was feeding off of the crowd because again, they saw Eddie through me and that connection that we had, even though we feuded right before Eddie had passed, you know, there was still a strong connection for the fans. And every time I'd step out to the ring, they would, you know, yell, Eddie, Eddie. So um, the view that I had with JBL was was incredible. I enjoyed every match that I had with them. You know, uh, just overall, anyone that they would put in the ring uh, against me while I was were moments that I that I enjoyed very, very much. I Man, I loved all that stuff as champion. And I wish I could talk to you about I, I, there's so many more things I wish I could talk to you about, but I had to single out only a few things since we only have a little bit of time. So we have kind of come to the end here, and I like to end all my first-time interviews talking with my guest about their finishing moves. So for you, I want to talk about the 619. So first tell me, what's the most memorable 619 you ever delivered? I think one of the most memorable ones is, uh, to me, it sticks out and sticks out because it was there you go i didn't have to say nothing it's right there <laughs> yeah um that double 619 was something that that uh you know even though i wasn't there alone but i was with my son the fact that he does it the other way or we both come in at the same time 
um, my son being left-handed. That was a very feel great moment for us at Survivor Series. So that one really sticks out because for the first time, uh, you were seeing a double six one nine, which I thought was really dope. Were you, I mean, when, when Dominic first got brought in for before he was even wrestling, did you think it was too early then to put him on TV? For before, like before SummerSlam or, yeah, or Survivor? Like, yeah, the original stuff. Like when he was doing Samoa Joe, he was coming out for, for a little while. I think there was the Brock thing. Like that was all before. So I was, I was personally, I was, because he wasn't wrestling, you know, he was doing snippets here and there. Uh, the ass whooping that he got by Brock, uh, you know, those moments, I truly thought those moments are to learn and kind of get the feel of what this is like, the environment, and so, um, timing issues is very important. So no, at the time I thought this was all very, very cool. But when they hit me with that one question and Dominic do SummerSlam, I was like, whoa, I don't think he's ready, but let him answer that. I don't want to answer for him. And sure enough, you know, I asked him and he was like, yeah, I think I'm ready, Pops. I said, are you really sure? I said, because you can't go back on this. And first impressions always count. He's like, nah, it should be good. So chill. His demeanor was so calm. All right, let's roll with it then. Yeah. Was he still feeling that same way after all those kendo stick shots, though? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> I think that pumped him up. That is it sounds. Because my wife was crying after she saw it. She couldn't see it on TV. And we tried to show her a, a clip on the phone. And she was like, oh, no. And she literally started crying. So me watching it from the back, I was like, oh. But there was a part of me that was a father and was hurting. But another part was like, welcome to the business, son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. That's definitely like, yeah, that's definitely a balancing act right there because you're like, well, he does need that, but oh crap, he's my son. Hmm, what do I, how do I feel here? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay, so second, who's your favorite person to hit the 619 on? Um, and I've only hit it very few times, Shawn Michaels. Why is that? I get this crazy maneuver that he does, like Shawn Michael-ish. Um, I remember hitting him the first time and he went back, bounced. And there was one time that I, I believe I hit him with the 619 and he, he went all, all the way to the other side of the ring to the floor. So, uh, I mean, one of the greatest bumpers of all time. And lastly, changing things up a little from what I normally ask for the, the closer here. How would you rate Dominic's 619? How do you, if you scale one to 10 here? So true story. Um, Every time he wrestles, I go back and, and we sit down and we kind of critique the match. So I told him, son, you got to pick up your speed on the 619, man. You're going too slow. He said, pops, I'm going at your speed. I said, boo, you're not, you're not going at my speed. I said, I mean, your speed, but we're running together. He goes, wait and, and see me do it single next time. So I believe I was slowing down because I didn't think he, he, uh, would go as fast as I would, but uh, he actually, well. I've seen him in training and he, he runs pretty fast and he throws himself at the ropes, but still no one like his pops. <laughs> uh, I, I would normally end here, but I kind of want to hear a little more about that. So you guys sit down after every match right after and, and you give him your critiques? Yes, we, we critique the match and we 
I tell him what's good, um, what he needs to improve on, um, what he did really good on, and, you know, because you have to boost his morale too. And I'm just being, I'm shooting with him. I'm being straight, uh, you know, and, and uh, a lot of things like on kickouts, I'll tell him, Don, when you kick out, you got to make sure you kick your, you throw your body on. Because the, the fans need to see that you're kicking out. So, um, you know, just pointers, man. I, I nitpick a lot. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. So I try to make sure that I point every single thing out so Don can, can improve. And, and when he does better the next time, I see what you did there way better than last time. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I see it. So that's, that's like our process of, of learning, you know, father and son style. What's the, the biggest lesson that you try to instill in him as a wrestler? I'm not so much of a lesson, but advice. Like, don't try to be your old man. You know, I've done my career. I've created my own path. I said, don't worry about the haters and, and they are going to compare you to me, but uh, block that out of your mind. I said, just do you. Be yourself. Create your own path. Uh, whatever uh, the amount of fans that are mine, uh, if they want to, they will eventually convert into your fans. And then on top of that, the fans that you'll gain on your own just because who you are and what you do and, and how you've been grinding, you know, they're going to respect that. So just be yourself, son. Don't ever try to fill my shoes. That's great advice. I think that's the best advice to give someone, especially a second-generation wrestler like that, because it really is hard to fill the shoes of someone else. you got to be your own person. It, it is, you know, and, and uh, based on, on what I said, I know a lot of his uh, coaches um, told him the same thing. You know, when he trained with Jay Lethal, same with Lance uh, Storm, told him the same thing. Like, never try to be your dad. You be yourself, you know. They're going to expect a lot from you. You give them what you can the time that you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for giving me the time today. Like I said, you're one of my all-time favorites, so I really appreciate you giving me the time, and I'm glad we got to chat. Hopefully, we can do it again in the future because I have a ton of other stuff that I'd like to talk to you about. Thank you very much. And you know what? I think you need something hanging on that wall or maybe on your desk, maybe like a little Ray Mysterio glass I on a mannequin head. I already brought this up to my producer, so I'm kind of mad that he's not here today because I have been pushing for a mannequin head with a Rey Mysterio mask on it since episode one. So now that yeah. you've said it, I'm going to make it happen. But No, 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 but an OG one, like one for me, coming for me, not not one of those fake ones, all right? Dude. dude. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, would, I would kill for something like that. So if you want to make yeah. it happen, I'll put it right here next, right front and center. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to get something special custom made for you that uh, you're going to enjoy. Dude, Trust me. Trust you're the me man. when I say that. You're the man. I love you so much, dude. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. That was Rey Mysterio, legend, WWE legend. So cool. It's so cool to hear that he's such a nice guy, too. I, I had such a fun time talking to him. Make sure that you guys go subscribe to Add a Character on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you subscribe there. Also follow WWE on Fox on all social media platforms as well. Lots of great stuff, lots of great content 
fun questions, fun clips. You got to follow WWE on Fox on all social media platforms. And also make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. If you're only listening to the audio of this show, that's where you can watch the whole thing on video. You can see me and Ray talking via screen to screen, but you can watch it all there. So make sure you subscribe. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.